Hello, this is 13th of April, yet another Let's Learn Turkish session. Uh, we're gonna go to a little weekend getaway uh, in north of Catalonia, so I'm really happy about this. I'm really happy about um, recording this podcast, so let's begin. In this section, I'm gonna go ahead with the digital book I have as my guide and speak about the consonant changes. You know, we have obviously in Spanish too, we have vowels like A, like E, like um, O, you know, it's in Turkish, you know, you have U and uh, which is something you don't have in, in Spanish or in English. So these are vowels and the consonants are all the rest like B, T, D, whatever. So in, in Turkish, this is something as a notion that's very parallel to vowel harmony. For instance, in the previous um, episodes, why have we discussed vowel harmony? Well, because we understood that in Turkish um, it was really necessary to have a harmonious continuation of sounds. For instance, um, the whether they're going to be weak or they're going to be strong, whether they're going to be narrow in the movement of the mouth. So that matters. Similarly, consonants also change because um, of the purpose of making it more harmonious. But obviously that comes after accustoming into Turkish uh, grammar. So more precisely, I'm going to speak about um, two changes. It's very easy. One is D, D, like D, D, transforming into T. And the other is K, transforming it into G with the hat, the yumuşak uh, G in Turkish, the soft G with the hat on the top that makes its own sound. So let's give examples. In the previous uh, episode, we went through the pronoun, like prepositions, not the prepositions like we understand in English uh, that come right before the, the word, uh, like to, at, uh, on. We have them as, um, you know, attachments to the nouns. For instance, ev is home. Evi, eve, evde, evden, e, e, de, den. They tell you like if you're uh, talking about ev, about something to do about the home or from home or to home, you know, like these are the things we covered. So in the endings of de and den, for instance, evde and evden, um, The, if the noun itself is ending with the uh, de, uh, like in the, that day, in some cases, it will transform into t. There are some examples. For instance, much, much is a football match. So if you're saying like something is at the football match, so the at pronoun, at preposition, sorry, would be de, right? So what would you do? Much da, like you would, like I think that's how you would reason. You would say, okay, the football, a football match in Turkish is much. So uh, the preposition would be de, much de, de or da, would you say? So that's like the preposition say like at the match. But there are two things. The preposition is de, uh, it will be de or da, 
depending on the vowels that come first. Like if it's much, the vowel is a, so you have to say da, much, da. You can't say much, de. Yes, you can say e, de, because e, e, parallel, a, a, parallel. So like the soft and the, the, the um, strong ones should be separated. Um, so the most I expect you at this point is to be able to understand the vowel harmony and not say much de, but say much uh, da. So that's something, and frankly, a lot of Turkish native speakers, even people who are not um, used to reading, they tend to even say that because that's how that makes sense. However, in the case of much da, that D transforms into te, much ta. Um, I'll give you another example before I help you discover why there is that transformation of D into T. There is dolap as a cupboard. Dolap ta. You don't say dolap da, which means the same. Like the meaning wise, the function of a preposition does not change, but the D changes into T. Dolap ta. So it's in the cupboard. Saat uh, beşte. For instance, somebody asks you, uh, you know, this event, when is it going to take place, at what time? And your answer, saat beşte. Beş is five, as you know. Saat is time, like at five o'clock as a response. But you don't say saat beşte, you say saat beşte. Saat beşte. Um, where are you? Sokaktayım. Sokakta. You don't say sokakta. You say sokakta. Rafta, on the shelf. You don't say rafta, you say rafta. So the book itself refers the question, so what do the words much, dolap, beş, sokak, and raf have in common to cause these changes? Because these changes occur, but not always. So as, you know, for instance, ev, evde, there is no change there. It's not evte, it's evde. So why do we have this change now, but not always? And the answer is that they all end in that whispery, unvoiced consonant. Ch, p, sh, k, and fe. So ch, the Turkish C with the dot on the end, ch, p, sh, the S with the dot on the, on the bottom. So it's sh, k, k, and f. The D in the ending becomes T in order to be whispery too. So the book also recognizes this is similar to vowel harmony but with consonants. So I'm really actually grateful to teach Turkish whether you learn fully or not because I do do that. I don't say much da, I say much da. But, but I haven't yet so far to link that to vowel harmony but now I have this appreciation for Turkish language where... It's like a song. It's it's so important to sound like it's a complete piece without abrupt stops, irrational changes. It's really like a harmonious uh, sound, like a concrete um, sound. Even if you're saying the entire sentence or entire paragraph or whatever, it's like a fluid beginnings and endings without much interruption. So the vowel comes first, will influence the vowel come later. The consonant comes first, will influence the trailer. But don't worry about it. I think it's a question of listening too much. Like I always, 
I'm listening something in Castellano just to have the, my ear to be trained to the degree that um, even if I don't remember, you know, like the rules or whatever, my ears will know when something sounds right or not. So the second example is the K, K, transforming into soft G, G with the hat. So the book says, watch out for nouns which end in K and have a vowel before the K. When you give them an ending which begins with a vowel or is a vowel, you change the K to G with the hat. It's too um, crazy. I mean, it's like if I tell you what's a Turkish word, you know, that ends with K. I don't think you have a lot of examples because that's a lack of uh, vocabulary. But I'll give you some examples now. Um, then we'll see. For instance, kazak, sweater or coat. Kazak or mutfak, kitchen. Or sujuk, sausage. Or sokak, street. What do they have in common? They all end with the K. And they also have a vowel before the K. So um, when I want to make a meaningful sentence to communicate an idea with Kazakh, the coat, the sweater, I need to say Kazagi. Kazagi, something that has to do with Kazakh. Like you can't say Kazakhda or Kazakhdan because from Kazakh or uh, like from within, like it's not a place to generally say da, for instance, evde, because it's some like someone is evde or someone is evden coming from home or at home. You can say that, but obviously, kazak is as a clothing, so you can't do the same. So you can say kazal, so kazal al buy or take the coat, or kazal sat, sell it, or kazagi, put it on, like put the coat on. So I don't say kazakugi, I say kazagi, that transforms into a softer one in order to accommodate the transition. Mutfak, mutfa git, go to the kitchen, mutfa git, go to the kitchen. So mutfaka git, no. Suju ye, eat the sausage. So uu, the vowel harmony is there, I don't say sujuku, I mean... Maybe for your ear, you might not still appreciate why this transformation of K to G with the hat is sounding better than, you know, but it's like to understand the, the appreciation of the softer transitions. Understand that like that's like a force. But if you say that's softer. So understand what as one of the tenets of Turkish language, we don't have this hota and j and r together to like insult or I don't wanna say anything, but like to to really get the worst of people. No. If you have a way to transform a word so that the whole pronunciation of the word will be softer, then that's something that Turkish language favors. What are other examples? Um for instance, parka git. You don't say park parka git this time because park as a word is a park. Go to the park, right? But then K does not transform into G with the hat because right before K there is an R, parka. So you can actually divide into par, you pronounce par, 
and then you pronounce ka. So you don't have a difficulty uh, with the pronunciation. So there is no um, transformation in that. There is, however, in the case of sokak. So soka, sokaka, kakakaka. Like there is that. Because each time you have to cut the syllable, you have a difficulty redoing it. But if it's a softer one, you can say the whole thing all together. So that's um, that's one. And um, so this would be enough for you. Um, I will add some more vocabulary to your understanding with the dictionary form of the words. So the book says something which I think I have been repeating, but it's not harmful to uh, say it one more time. The book says, in Turkish, you give informal commands by using the shortest form of the word, the imperative form. For instance, estudia, uh, you tell someone like this. The shortest form is called the stem. When in English the verb appears in a dictionary, it appears as the stem, sometimes with two in front of it, for instance, to look. Um, the dictionary form of Turkish verbs is the stem plus the ending mek. This dictionary form is called the infinitive. For instance, um, bak, if I tell you Lazaro, bak, look Lazaro, like bak, it would be like look imperative. I tell you as the second person singular, bak Lazaro, look, bak. But if I'm going to write bak, I'm not going to write it as the imperative form. I'm going to add mak, bak, mak, to look. That'll be to look. And that's how it's going to appear in in uh, the dictionary um, obviously with the vowel harmony discussion it will be either mak or mek bak mak because bak has the vowel a it's going to be a a bak mak but is if it's sev to love sev mek you don't say sev mak it's not even fluid so it's a sev mek e e a a there is that harmony so here are some informal comments to their corresponding infinitives. As I say, bak is to like look, Lazaro, bak, Lazaro. Bak, mak is how it's going to appear in the dictionary and it's to look. Dur, stop. Dur, Lazaro, dur. Stop, Lazaro, stop. Dur, mak is in the dictionary is to stop. Al, to take or to buy. Al, Lazaro, al, take it. Al, mak is to take. Ver, to give. Ver, Lazaro, ver. Vermek is to give. Ich, it's to drink or to smoke. For instance, su ichmek is to drink water. Sigara ichmek, to smoke a cigarette, depends. Or chorba um, ichmek, to have some soup. Um, so, ich, Lazaro, ich, drink, Lazaro, drink. Ichmek is to drink. Ye, which is your favorite, yemek, yemek, uh, to eat food. Ye is you tell the second person singular to command them eat. Ye, Lazaro, ye, eat, Lazaro, eat. Yemek, yemek, yemek is to eat. Park it, to park, to park the car, like to park something, no? Or, or your bike, at least. Park it, park it, Lazaro, park it. Park, to park, the et is separate, obviously. Park et mek, to park is in the um, in the dictionary so that's 
all for now. The book has exercises in which I'm happy to share. If you have time, maybe after you finish reading your uh, continuous delivery book. But um, if not, we're going to go to the fourth unit in our next round. Thank you very much and see you soon.